Well, good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRN AM for Monday, October 9th, 2023. And our top story today, it's another episode of Ray's Garage. Today, we're talking about what you need to know when you head out to get an oil change. And joining me now is the purveyor of Ray's Garage, Ray McGrath. He's a car enthusiast. Ray, great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us in the program this morning. Oh, glad to be here with you, Jeff. Yeah, you were going to call me something else. What were you going to call me, Ray? Uh, I was going to say it's a beautiful day, but, you know, I, I didn't want to say what day of the week it is because today is Monday, but it might not air till Thursday or Friday. That's knows, right. You know, that's so. right. And, 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 and just to be very clear, you're not working for Snap-on Tools because that you're wearing a Snap-on T-shirt. Just because no. we have nothing for or against Snap-on Tools, but Ray's just wearing black because he likes it. Uh, all right, Ray, you are... You know, we're not going to talk about investments or finance, but it might bleed in a little bit to our conversation. Let's talk about maintenance on a car. You're a car enthusiast. You've built cars. You've bought used cars. You've bought new cars. Let's talk about that oil change. Um, what are some of the things we need to know about when we go out and get an oil change? Because there's a lot of, you know, a lot of moving parts there, pun intended, between synthetic and regular oil. But what are some key things you need to think about when you think about that oil change? Yeah, and it's more than just synthetic or regular oil, Jeff. I mean, so many cars today require specific oils. Um, you know, in the old days, you needed an oil that had a lot of zinc. You know, it sounds like something you get from the doctor, but you need zinc in your oil for older cars. But newer cars, um, yeah, all new cars are fuel injected, but some cars are direct injected. So you might open the hood and it says GDI, like say on a Hyundai. For that, those engines, you need a special oil that doesn't evaporate and clog up your PCV valve system. So really what you need to do is find out what kind of oil your owner's manual calls for, and then make sure whoever's installing it, they use the, the proper oil. Because it's really easy to just buy you know, any synthetic or synthetic blend, but really you want the oil that your manufacturer or the engine was designed for. And, and you need to change it you know, more frequently than uh, theoretically more. You don't want to wait the full 10,000 miles if that's what the limit is. You know, so. Yeah. And so let's, you, you look, you, where do you find this information? You find it in the owner's manual. Of course, you can probably find it online now. So if people have a phone, uh -huh. tablet, or they're at their desk, they can look it online. Does it also say what kind of engine, uh, what kind of oil um, in the engine compartment under the hood? Well, sometimes on, you know, if you open your hood and um, on the cap where you add the oil, it'll say use, say, Mobile One, 0W30, 5W20, it, it might say it on there. So you really need to know the appropriate weight. And you probably, you know, a lot of cars now don't come with dipsticks. So you need to know how do you measure your oil? Is it something you do through the dashboard or does it have a dipstick? So it's always good to be on top of it. Obviously, if you have a dipstick, you can pull it out, check the oil level, touch it to a white napkin, see how dirty it is, or, or maybe it's not dirty. You know, those are all good things to tell you the health and the cleanliness of your engine. Uh, Ray, you talked about some of the, there are a lot of different providers out there. First, let's start with the dealer. Um, does the dealer, the dealer is gonna know, a dealer, and you don't always have to go back to where you bought the car, but you can go to the dealer. They're probably gonna know the most about your vehicle, right? But, but with that expertise, 
comes probably a little bit higher cost. What about some of the third-party providers, none of whom are uh, sponsors of this program, like the Jiffy Lubes and, and, and company organizations like that? Are there things to be aware of in terms of cost, but also knowledge base? Uh, do they have the knowledge on some of these more sophisticated vehicles? Yeah, I mean, obviously, the dealer has the correct and the uh, factory recommended parts to repair or service your vehicle. So, you know, it, that's probably the safest bet comes at a higher cost theoretically. Um, but, you know, it's also for some folks, it's inconvenient to try and make an appointment and, you know, be without your car or if you have to drop it off and wait a day. So Jiffy Lube in theory and places like that, um, you know, maybe they don't, they, they probably, so full disclosure, I don't use Jiffy Lube, but I would assume they have whatever your car needs, you know. Um, right. And they maybe, would have certified representatives. So they go to a trade school, they learn the, and I'm not, I don't want to be hating on anybody. I'm just saying that they're, you have a dealer that has the expertise because they only work on this particular vehicle. And then you have someone like a third party that works on all vehicles. So they're going to have maybe a broader level of expertise but will they know your specific vehicle? That so I don't want to be hating on anybody. No, I know. Well, even if you go into say a Walmart, you go down the automotive oil aisle. There's probably you know 80 different types of oil in that oil aisle. So I don't know if Jiffy Lube, not to pick on them, but if they have all 80 different types, you know, probably they have a general or something that'll suffice, you know. But yeah, but uh, it's more important to change it than not to change it or let it go past the recommended interval so or run it low now now ray i want to ask you last question for to go to a commercial break are most cars now even some of the older cars 5 10 15 years old have a little diode or they might have a um a computer that tells you when to get the oil change or when to get your car serviced do you always have to get your car serviced exactly when that diode goes off or do you have a period of time and you, by the way, you don't want to avoid the warranty. You need to be aware of whether you're buying, leasing, who owns the vehicle. But do you do you have some flexibility there? Like, for example, does it need to be 10,000 miles on the, on the mark? Or can you get away with if you can't get in there but for with 11,000 or 10,500? Yeah, I'm not the best person to ask that question, Jeff. I rarely go over 5,000. So, and I know it's not good for the environment, but I look at it as cheap insurance. But I will say... I used to drive a car that I would change the oil every 10,000 miles because I did 90% of my driving on the highway. So it gets up to temperature, burns off any type of impurities. When you're driving around town, and if it's 10,000 miles around town, that's a hard 10,000 miles. So the oil really never gets up to temperature. It has a lot of condensation in it. You can even open your oil cap and look underneath it, and you might see like a white milky substance, which is really like condensation or water vapors burning off. So the roles, those are all, I like to, because I do it myself, I like to do it a little bit earlier than, than waiting because it's cheap insurance. On, on You know, the engine is $5,000, $10,000, and oil changes, you know, 50 bucks. So, Yeah, plus plus your labor is, is free, and then you just have to take it somewhere. Where do you take, if you do, choose to do it yourself, where do you take the oil? Clearly, you're not going to it, put it down the toilet or down the sewer, so you have to take it somewhere to be dis dispensed with, where do you where do you go with that? So my town has a recycling center, so I can I bring, you know, not only my plastic, but I'll also bring. They'll take motor oil and antifreeze and chemicals, things like that. So, 
And most, I would imagine most towns in and around the United States has something similar. Ray, I want to take a very quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about getting your car exterior fixed, getting an accident. Well, Ray's got some tips. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Well, Ray, thanks so much for staying with us. Really appreciate you hanging around for segment number two this morning. Thanks to thanks for having me, Jeff. Oh, yeah. It's always great to talk to you. I feel like we're going to name the same segment Ray's Garage. That's what we're going to call this episode. Uh, we're going to do one a month and get the latest tips because uh, you have a lot of a plethora of experience, if you will. Um, let's talk about car accidents, Ray. Happen all the time. Little bumper to bumper hits. Um, unfortunately, some major hits that could result in injury. How do you get the how do you get them fixed? What do you need to think about uh, before you do actually get an estimate and get the car, the vehicle fixed? Yeah, hopefully you have insurance that covers the cost of repair and everything's that simple. But a lot of times it's smaller items that maybe you just neglect or you, you just put it off. But I found that, um, I'll give you a perfect example. My friend just broke his side view mirror. He took it to the dealer and they said, oh, well, we can fix it for $1,600. And he told me, just a mirror, yeah, on his uh, Audi. And so anyway, I said, look, I said, I can find one on eBay, same exact color. He had this special shade of gray and it was $300 and he paid someone a hundred dollars to put it on. So he kind of got away at a good price, you know? So, but um, I think, you know, to get the repairs done, you pretty much want to go to a reputable shop. I know it sounds easy, but you know, there are a lot of shops that maybe, you know, the insurance might pay him $20,000 to fix your car. But if they can fix it for $15,000, they will make $5,000 of profit. Maybe people won't notice the difference. So um, it is a bit of a trade-off in terms of, uh, you know, what how, how badly damaged it is. 
whether or not once they start taking off, if it's a bumper, maybe there's damage behind the bumper or, you know, the headlight. Even with, with new cars, um, when your car gets damaged, um, the, the, the dealer doesn't have to put on brand new parts. They can put on used parts from another car that was maybe wrecked in the back and they can take parts from that and put it on the front of your car. So it is a there is a lot of different options, but it, it can get quite expensive. And I hate to bring in the pandemic and the supply chain, but all these prices have just gone up since the pandemic. Well, and, and Ray, car insurance prices have gone up um, since the pandemic. I think people are driving more. The, there's more. I, I don't know here about in New Jersey. Here in Charlotte, unfortunately, people don't use their uh, their blinkers. I don't know the turn signals. I, I think it must not have come with cars in the in the area. But in all seriousness, um, you got to get an estimate. So let's start there. You get an estimate. You go to a reputable body shop, and you're right. You want to make sure, probably, Ray, that the estimate includes um, if they find further damage, because you can only see the superficial. They give you an estimate right. for that. They need this part, that part, this color. They they got to dispose of the old parts, all that kind of stuff. But um, you got to probably build into the estimate the fact that um, there could be more damage. Yeah, and you need to make sure, like I've seen it where um, you get into an accident, it gets repaired, everything looks good. And, you know, maybe you got into the accident around Christmas time in the snow. And then come June, July, July you turn on the air conditioning and find out it doesn't work. And it was because it got cracked and the, <clears throat> the refrigerant leaked out. So some of those things, I think when you get the car back, you need to test everything. You need to check everything. It It, it really can, you know, then it's a matter of, you know, who, who, who was it a previous pre-existing condition or was it as a result of the accident? It can get very complicated. And, and, and Ray, there are obviously going back to our first conversation in segment one about specific dealers. There are specific car centric uh, organizations that fix Audis, Porsches, uh, Hyundais, right? They, they have expertise around that. Uh, but there are third parties that you were talking about. And that's where you have to make sure it's reputable. Uh, it's reputable. One of the things that I think is really important is matching that paint, right? Um, you got to be able to match that original, or else it's just going to look like you just bolted on, like it's going to look like one of the Transformers or something. No, that's true. I mean, and for the most part, dealerships don't do their own body work. They contract with a local auto body repair shop. Um, only because it, it is a skill to paint. And a lot of times, you know, if they paint a fender, you're right, the color gray could be a little different than the gray on the door. So the sometimes the whoever's re refinishing it has to kind of paint not only the fender, but halfway into the door to kind of make it look like it's blended in the paint. So that, that comes at a higher cost. Sorry, Jeff. No, no, no. I interrupted you. Ray, on the flip side, um, let's, let's talk about you. We've talked to you before about buying a used car, buying a car off the lot. You remember the old trick about taking a magnet and you would see if there was body work? Does that still apply? Are they still using Bondo? Do you, do you need to think about, you're going to look at the Carfax, and some of that was alleviated through the Carfax, but only if you take it to a reputable place are they going to log in the accident and all that kind of good stuff. So do you still need to look at a new car or a, a new used car, with it, bring a magnet in your pocket to determine whether or not the car has had uh, work? Yeah, I know that sounds good. I mean, I think if you if you wear if you go on a nice day when it, in good lighting, when it's not raining, and you wear your if you need eyeglasses, 
you can almost look down the side of the car, look at the paint real close. Sometimes you could see sand marks if it had been painted. Sometimes you open the door and look at the weather stripping to see if there's any paint on that. <clears throat> That'll tell you if it's been repaired. But, um, you know, um, a, a lot of times, I mean, you can't really run a magnet. Over, you could run a magnet over the whole car. I don't know if you'll find anything. Half the cars now, the hood is made of aluminum. The bumpers are made of plastic, so a magnet wouldn't stick anyway. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's hard to say, Jeff. I mean, I, I think a lot of times it, just looking. I know I have a friend who um, straightens cars that have been crushed. I and mean, he'll put a chain underneath at his shop and they stretch the car back. So the first thing he looks at is he crawls under the car to see if they've ever had a chain under the frame to stretch it back. I mean, huh. that, that's too, that's extreme. But, you know, there's a lot you can see from underneath. Because you got the bent frame. And that's the one thing you don't ever want to have on a vehicle, it just makes it un, I mean, difficult to align. It just, it just never works. You got to make sure that the, that the car is completely, I guess, square is the right word. Ray, we're going to have to leave it there. Always great tips. And we're going to have to check back with Ray again for Ray's garage and see what other shirts he's going to wear. Ray, great to talk to you. Thanks so much for joining us. And we look forward to having you back on the program again next month, my friend. Thank you, Jeff. And that wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more in all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, then visit our website. We're back again tomorrow with another edition of BRN AM. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.